but I was upset. And I could have just, I mean, absolutely gone nuclear on that situation. And what am I saying? I'm saying that every day you've got chance after chance, but you're going to have to make the quality choice. You know what? I am this. It was an accident. I'm not going to blow up at my child over this and scar them for the next and, and, and tear down my relationship. No. Think about this. You need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And since James put it so wonderfully last time, let's look at James chapter 3. we got a lot of verses today. And why is that? Because we are giving you a gift of family verses that could change your family. James 3.16. And again, we re- I recognize that, man, this is not the deepest theological, hermeneutical, you know, sermon ever preached, but you got to get this stuff down. This could absolutely change your family. So James 3.16, and I know this verse from childhood because my dad printed it out. <laughs> my dad printed this verse out. Remember this, Josh? And he got he had it printed in big yellow. It was it was yellow with big black letters on it. And you know how the no smoking signs uh, they've got a little you know slash through them. So my dad printed this big circular thing out and hung it on the rearview mirror of our van. <laughs> on one side it said James three sixteen. On the opposite side it said no strife with a with an X through it. And everywhere we went, I, you know, my kids, I, I'd be getting picked up at Little League practice. What's that in your van? I don't know. It's, that's not my family. I don't know who that is. That's, but, uh, but James 3.16, we, my dad, he was very fond of this verse. And, and it's a good verse to know. James 3.16, for where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. And so he said, hey. No strife in this house. And I can testify that if you've ever been in an environment of strife and envying, and and I, I mean just people are fighting, no one gets along. Maybe you've been in a job situation like that. Have you ever been in a work environment where the people just don't get along? I mean, and you can you can just feel there's confusion in the atmosphere and like, well, who was supposed to take care of this right here? I don't even know, man. I just feel so confused around here all the time. Do you know why? Where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Sometimes, you know, there's some families, their household is so full of strife and everything else that there's just confusion and all sorts of stuff going on in there that shouldn't be happening. Why is that? Because the Bible's true. Where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. And so when you are emotional and quick to get upset or easily offended, you create a very fragile environment in your home. It's like, oh, no, 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 don't, 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 don't talk to her. Don't, don't talk to him. And I'd like to say this, but I can't because it's just going to cause a big. And, and just you got to tiptoe around, and, and you never know. That is toxic. That is bad for children. That is bad for adults. Quit being so fragile and easily offended. Now, there, of course, if something huge happens. We all know you got to deal with some stuff. But just because somebody drank the last of the 7-Up or whatever, you know, that's not something to blow up over. That's not something to go nuclear on your family over, is it? No, it's not. And so 
that's an awful environment to create for children to be raised in. And so I want you to say this out loud with me, if you could do that. In fact, even if you can't, go ahead and do it, all right? I choose not to be offended. That was cute. Now I want you to say it like you mean it. I choose not to be offended. All right. Now, if you said that, I hope that you mean it and that you believe it. And if you would live by this simple principle, things will get better. And you'll start to notice like, man, all the drama that just used to surround me at work and at home and at school and everywhere I go. It's like, I don't have all this drama anymore. Why? Because you're not a little snowflake anymore, right? You're not a sensitive little sissy. You know how to just let things go. It'll change your family, I'm telling you right now, right? And so number three is this. Let's get to number three. We are talking about some major keys that could change your life and your home. Major keys that could change it all. Number three is this. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive. I'm talking about, this is a, this is a, a Christian attribute. Christians are to be known by their love, and forgiveness is a huge component of all of this. Christians need to be known as being forgiving people, not as being grudge holders, quick-tempered. You know, all the, No, that's, that is not what I think of when I think of a Christian. I think of somebody that Galatians 5, 22 and 23 explains, somebody that's got love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. This is what a Christian looks like. But as I said, nobody knows you better than your family, except for God. Nobody knows you better than your family. And it is crucial that you don't hold your family members' mistakes over their heads for the rest of their life. Husbands? If you said you forgave her, you need to forgive her and let it go. Stop bringing it up. Wives, you said you forgave him and you were just going to let it go. Why do you keep bringing it up then? It's been six months. It's been a year. Why, why do you keep doing that? You're creating a toxic environment for your family. If you say you forgive, you need to let it go. And, of course, this goes for how we treat our kids and kids, how we treat our parents. But I'm very grateful that my parents, when I screwed up, because I have screwed up, and my siblings, we have done stupid things and screwed up, and we definitely weren't a perfect family, didn't always have it all together. But I can say that my parents did not hold my sins and my mistakes over my head and dangle it in front of me. Yeah, yeah, I know you're saying this, but huh? remember this over here? Huh? Huh? They never did that to us. If we repented and we apologized and we fessed up to something, they would forgive us and let it go. And, and I mean, literally, they didn't bring it up again ever again. Like, wow. And so why is that so important? Because our kids, they will begin to develop, they will begin to develop their view of God in relation to their view of how their father down here treated them and how their mother down here treated them. And, and you know, if you had a rough mom and dad situation, I know a lot of people have. Some of these people, it's hard for them to see God as a loving, merciful, forgiving father because oh, I, that all sounds good. I'd like to believe it. But all I know is the second I screwed up, my dad, man, he 
beat me. Or, man, the second that I needed my mom, she was never there for me. She abandoned me. She left me. And, 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 and when you come from that type of a situation, it's very difficult to get some of these people to say, I know your mom was like that. I know your dad was like that. But you've got to trust me. God in heaven is not like that. He is there for you. He does forgive you. There's some people just going around with this constant guilt and shame hung over their heads from things they did in their teenage years. Things they did as a child. They're in their 30s and 40s now, and they just constantly feel this guilt. And I'm like, hey, he forgives you. He forgives you. And if there's anything that I want my home to be like, there's a lot of things I want my home to be like, but I want the atmosphere to be one of forgiveness. And say, you know what, if you mess up as an adult, come home. I want you to come home. Even if it was bad, even if it was shameful, you can come to me. That doesn't mean I'm going to condone it and say, you know what, hey, it never happened. No, it, it happened. You done screwed up. But guess what? The safest place to run is to Jesus and hopefully home. Amen? And there's some things that got to get dealt with, you know, some things that have to be addressed, some things you got to pay the price for when you do it. You know, I would never, you know, my kid killed someone I wouldn't cover for him. You know, I just, that's wrong. But they need to know that they can come to mom and dad when there's an issue. Come to grandma and grandpa. Go to their brother or their sister. Go to their cousin. They need to be able to trust their family. And if you're always constantly dangling their sins and their mistakes over their head, they're not going to go to you. They're going to go to the drug dealer that was there for them. That, you know, at least they gave them money. At least they gave them an opportunity. They're going to go to the bad woman, the bad man. They're going to go. They're going to go to all the wrong places. It is so crucial that if you want a healthy life and home, it's got to be one where you're not mean and irritable and just treat your family like trash all the time, then wonder why they never want to be around you. It's going to be one where you're not so fragile and easily offended that they can't even talk to you anymore because they know you're just going to melt down. And it's got to be one of forgiveness. And again, I'm not saying condoning everything, but I'm saying forgiveness. We've got to get this down in the Christian home. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Amen. You still with me today? All right. Romans chapter 12. I know that, uh, you know, Pastor Katie and I, hey, we've really uh, worked on developing this forgiveness in our own relationship and in in uh, our home and in our church and all around us. I mean, I want to be known by my love and by my forgiveness. And I was thinking about, you know, we've grown a lot. Uh, again, we, we met at 17 years old, got engaged at 18. The week we turned 19, we got married. Our birthdays were three days apart. We turned 19. We're standing at the altar a few days later in front of my dad, getting married, you know, saying our wedding vows and, and all this stuff. And I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, it's a miracle that we made it. I mean, we were, I look back, we're little kids, you know. And, and uh, we got married on Saturday, Sunday morning. We were heading to the airport. We flew down to Cancun, Mexico. We went out of the country on our own and everything. And I'm looking back, I'm like, man, I know a lot of 19-year-olds now, they can't go to Victorville by themselves. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying like, wow, 
but but seriously. So I but I look and I'm like, thank God we survived it because those first few months it was like having a couple fifth graders on their own. Try I I, I went to pay the electric bill and. I, my checking account was in the negative because I went to Taco Bell on a whim. I'm like, hey, I had to, that's back when they had the cheeserito. And so I had to go down there and get that. And like, now we can't pay the electric bill. I mean, this is just, we learned a lot of life lessons together, but one of them is forgiveness. And she'll tell the story. Nearly any time we do marriage counseling with someone, she always brings this story up. So a lot of you have heard this story in here, you know, if we've done a little guidance for you. Which, you know, again, I, I tell people all the time, the biggest thing that people come to us for is marriage guidance. And so whenever someone comes, I'm like, first off, don't feel like a freak. Don't feel like you're the only, you know, about no one else in the church has ever had to come and talk to them. Nearly every couple in here has, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. If you need help, get help, all right? So, uh, and after I tell this story, you're probably going to think that, hey, this isn't the guy to go to for marriage help. And that's fine. I'm I can live with that, okay? But she'll tell you the biggest fight we ever had was when we were 19, and it was over how to fold towels. And she's pretty much right. So we get married, and I neither of us had ever lived outside of our, our parents' homes. We never lived together before marriage. So we we get married. I move out of my, my parents' house in, uh, in together here, okay? And so... Uh, she has one idea of how to fold towels, which, you know, obviously was wrong. And so I, I have another idea. And, and so one day I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the laundry for babe. <laughs> I'm going to, they didn't use that word back then, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do the laundry. You know, I get home from work earlier than her. And so I fold all the towels. I get them in the closet. I'm like, she's going to be so happy. You know what? She won the lottery. She husband of the year right here. I did all this. She gets home, but like, what is this? What happened to the towel closet? I'm like, I folded the towels. You're welcome. <laughs> and and so, I mean, it just escalates. We get into this big old argument, and I mean, hurtful things were said and all this. But the bottom line of the story is that was 17 years ago, and I fold towels for way to this day. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So, um because I chose not to be offended. Amen. Yeah. Took a while. It took a while because I was very offensive. There were things said, but, uh, but you know what we are talking about? You got to forgive. So Romans 12 verses 17 through 18, never pay back evil with more evil. And some people, I know the way to handle this. I'll, they did evil to me. There's only one way to handle this. I'll do more evil to them. That's anti-Bible. That's anti-Christian. That's wrong. That is not how you handle it. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Look at this. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. I mean, again, this is not deep. This is not earth-shaking stuff here. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Something I tell my kids nearly every day. Jesus said in the famous Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And so if you're a peacemaker, man, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. But if you're someone that's a troublemaker, a fight starter, I don't know what you are, but hey, 
according to Jesus, that is not what a son of God does. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I want to show you one final verse today. One final verse. We're going to bring it in for a landing here. But our heart and our goal is to develop healthy Christian families in this church and in this community. And this is, I mean, we'll put everything we've got into this. Colossians 3 and verse 13, as we turn there. And, you know, again, we've got opportunities nearly every day to practice these verses, to to do the right thing, to be honorable. Amen? And, hey... We haven't arrived yet. You know, I, I know I use a lot of our stories and examples, and we got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go in being a dad and being a husband and being a pastor and being whatever else, you know, I am. I, I get it. I have got a long way to go, and I like how Andrew Momick says it. Hey, I haven't arrived yet, but I've left. I'm not where I used to be, at least. There's been progress. I was thinking about early on in our – when. Before we were even married, uh, you know, I, one night I was like, you know what, uh, we're going to go to dinner. So I take her to this buffet. And I understand buffet. Now I know. No one had told me yet. Buffet doesn't equal romance, all right? So but I, I thought it did. I'm like, baby, you get all you want. You get all you want. Hey. So we go there. And I don't even, I have no idea why I'm sharing this story right now. I should be coming in for a good clinching moment. But someone needs to hear this. Some man I know needs to hear this before tomorrow on Valentine's Day. This is for a man, I, I believe. And so uh, she, you know, gets her plate and she goes and sits down. And I, I never told her this, but at buffets, I get two drinks. That way I don't have to get up as much. And so I get two drinks and I'm walking back to the table with two cups. And I can see it in her. She's just staring at me like, oh, what a gentleman. And it, it dawns on me like, Oh, dang, she thinks one of these is for her. <laughs> what am I going to, oh, man. And so this is a this is like a pivotal moment. Like, do I cross that line and fake her out? Or if, if I, if I want to know that this is the one, I'm going to be blunt and straightforward. And so I walk up to the table, and she's all smiles, and I'm like, honey, there's something i got to tell you. Hold, hold on. At buffets, I get two drinks, so I don't have to get up as much. And I mean, the smile was like, okay, yeah, no, 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 I, no, that's good. I was going to go get mine anyway. And so she goes and gets hers. And I'm like, you know, to this day, I've pondered that. But hey, here we are. And this year in November will be 20 years that this woman has stuck with me. Amen. We've spent more of our life together than we had before we met each other. All right. And so, again, I don't have all the answers, but men, you can follow me for some life hacks. I do have some, you know, I have learned a few things along the way. But Colossians 3.13, you need to know this as a Christian and especially for your home. Colossians 3.13, it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You've got to cut them some slack. You've got to make, and, and you need to know that, hey, I know that, you know, this person in my house, 
they got a little more, uh, it's a little harder for them in this particular area. You know, they need to, they, they need to improve on it, but I'm not going to crush them every time they aren't perfect in it. What, what am I saying? Cut some slack. Make allowance for each other's faults. And then what do you do? Hey, you forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone? I didn't write the Bible. I just read it, and I try to preach it the best I can. But it does say anyone who offends you. Why? Because Jesus forgave you. Does Jesus hold your faults and your mistakes over your head? He doesn't. And someone here may think, well, I, I feel all the time. That's not Jesus reminding of your past. That's the devil bringing up your past. It says he's the accuser of the brethren. He will bring your sins and mistakes up, and you repented of it already. Jesus will never bring it up again. Why is that? Well, Micah 7.19 says that he will take our sins, and if we've repented, he will throw them in to the sea of forgetfulness. Isaiah the prophet said it this way. He's uh, the, the Lord speaking through him. In Isaiah 43.25, he says, I, yes, I alone and he who forgets your sins i will blot them out and never think of them again and so i want to be more like jesus if he's not going around reminding everybody of their mistakes and mess ups then you don't need to do it either that's wrong it's destructive it will destroy your family it will destroy every environment that you are in you need to be a person of forgiveness. Again, that doesn't mean condoning and accepting every bad thing, but it does mean you need to forgive because he forgave you, first of all. Can we stand up together this morning? I know we, I mean, this is, I feel like this is like a wild message. This is, we are all over the place, you know, but um, I really do believe that out of all of this, there's some truth that Jesus wants to get to our heart today. And this was very simple, but I want you to take this. You need to treat the people in those four walls just as good, if not better, than you do the people in the store, than the people at church. And you need to, you need to be nice everywhere you go. There, you know, I'm not going to keep preaching, but I just want to say this, that I do not like mean people. There, you do not have a license to be mean and to be rude. And if you're going to be mean and rude to your family, then first of all, shame on you. But don't bring that mess up into this church, all right? I don't want mean people in you. If you're mean, we want to deliver you. We will, you know, rebuke that and cast that meanness out of you. But don't come in here being mean to people. I don't, I don't put up with that. I, I love you. And it's the will of God that we be known for our love and our forgiveness. Amen. I pray the Lord spoke to your heart today. Can I have my prayer team come on up? If the Lord is, uh, you know, dealing with you on the inside and you're seeing some of this, maybe you laughed a little bit, but you know, like, hey, uh, some of this was speaking to me. I've been pretty irritable. I've been pretty rude. I, I've been easily offended. I, I've been not forgiving to those around me. If God's speaking to you today, do something about it. It's not good enough to just hear the word of God. You got to do something about it. So if you need to repent, Talk to God right now. Handle it. If you need to go to your family or your church family and say, man, I'm sorry. I realize I've been acting like that. Then do something about it. But if you need prayer for anything at all, we want to ask you to come up and receive prayer today. Amen. Josh is going to lead us in a final worship song. So either...
Worship God where you're at or come get prayer, but do something. Amen. Go ahead, Josh. separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first love me. And I love I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first love me. And nothing can tear me away. Separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord.
Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first love, nothing can tear me away from your love, Lord. Nothing can separate your heart from. I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first loved me. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we've got some ministry going on here, so we'll be reverent of that. Just a few quick reminders. Uh, we do have service tonight still. I know there's some game or something on, but at uh, uh, 6 o'clock tonight, church service. 5 o'clock is our warfare prayer. Now, uh, parents, grandparents, future parents, I just want to remind you again, I know we're, we're going to make a big deal out of this, but we have the intentional parenting class that is starting in March. This is a big deal. Uh, we are We are... I don't like to use this phrase, but we are dead set on giving you every resource we've got to make you a good parent and to make you a healthy household. So I'm just, I'm going to remind you as much as I can, the sign-up sheet is up back there on the info booth. It's a five-week class, one hour a week for five weeks to teach you intentional parenting. I highly encourage every parent to get involved in this. This is a gift to you to change how your household and your parenting runs, okay? And also, uh, the baptism sheet is back there. If you want to get baptized, hey, it's the last Sunday of this month, amen? All right, let's go ahead and close out in prayer today. I believe everybody's been blessed. Did you receive the word of God today, amen? Did you receive that?
Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and raise our hands in holy prayer today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you are good. Your mercy endures forever, and it is your will for these households to be blessed and have the peace of God and the joy of the Lord as their strength, Father. I rebuke any attacks from the enemy that may come their way to bring strife and division and fighting and anxiety, Lord. We say no in Jesus' name. We will choose forgiveness. We will choose to not be offended and Lord, if there's any of us that have just been mean and cranky and irritable, Lord, we're going to stop being like that because we do have self-control. Lord, we can control that and we will control that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are using us this week to share the love of Jesus everywhere we go. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen today? Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow, and then you can be dismissed. Does anybody want to do it for me today? Any takers in the house? Nikki! Oh, yeah, come on, let's hear it for Nikki. Come on, uh, woo! <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do it to your kids. Come on. <laughs> Bring the whole family. Let's get the whole Bertram family. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Man. Let's go, Nikki. <laughs> All right, God. She's going to do it. All right. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen.